as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Huge gathering took place yesterday at Bird Ogden Arena in Edinburgh at mayors, county judges, leadership from all across the region. United in a new cause. One region, one voice. Seems to be the new battle cry for the RGV and leading the charge to help better market the RGV. Hopefully, Land a few more jobs and investment in the area is the Rio Grande Valley Partnership and the leader of the partnership, Daniel Silva, joining us right now. Dan, congratulations on a great event. And the symbolic commitment was mayors and county judges taking pen to paper. So, so quickly recap the event and what does it mean from this point on? Good morning, Sergio. Uh, so, I mean, the event was a monumental event. It was uh, the first time that we had a gathering of of that many mayors, um, you know, there's 47 mayors across the uh, the four county region, and uh, four county judges, and so yesterday we had uh, them come together. We had 30 total uh, that were able to attend, and uh, the event was to to kick off our one region one voice initiative, which really is everybody coming together uh, for one voice in a marketing effort to promote the region, um, you know, promote all of our assets to focus on on our strengths to to look at some of our weaknesses and see how we can um, how we can capitalize and grow the region and and really the the focus of the event is um, to make the state and and the country understand who the valley is understanding understand what our makeup is and and have a have a stronger voice you know when we're competing against other metros uh, when we put ourselves together with the second largest metro in the state uh, of any border region actually and so when we uh, when we promote ourselves in that capacity, it, it definitely does gather uh, a lot more attention. So the event uh, purpose was to, to to culminate this communication that was going on, meetings that we've been having, um, you know, planning efforts to to have everybody support. And um, the compact that was signed yesterday morning was uh, all of the mayors, all the county judges, saying that we're we're going to come together to work on. Uh, the economic needs of the region to market the region uh, to get behind the RGV partnership to uh, to be the voice and and our purpose is going to be to to create messaging uh, spread it out to to all the counties all the cities and and really focus on our assets and and have a cohesive message when you have an eagles perch like like you do and, and other folks in top leadership in the area and you get to see us as a region somebody asks you assets what are the top assets you know i'm thinking very very top the rio grande valley port of brownsville this and everything that's taking place right now lng nearby you know aerospace mccallan is just hitting it out of the ballpark when it comes to high tech right now it's folks have no idea what is on the way when it comes to high tech chip manufacturing and, and and software in the area 
the colleges, TSC, STC, TSTC, the university, the medical school, the international bridges. Did I leave, leave anything else? I mean, what, what comes to mind when, when you think assets that, that can unify us? Well, you look at our university system and, you know, medical school and um, you, you look at our MPO and there we go. You know, the merger of all MPO, the MPO Metropolitan Planning Organization, folks. I know you guys are working for a living right now. That is a unified effort for this region to try to land billions of dollars for highway funding. And that's that's big news. That happened over the past 24-plus months down here. And that's that's enormous because that puts us top five in Texas. We're at the table for the uh, the top dollars when it comes to highways. What else, brother? Uh, our, our ports of entry are, are huge assets. You know, solar, uh, renewable energies, we're starting to see that in, in Stark County. We, we see that in, in Cameron County and Hidalgo, I mean, in Hardenshin, you know, with our wind farms. Uh, you know, and, and our assets also that we have not really been talking about in the past is, is our available workforce. Yes, sir. You know, the young... Um, trained uh, or to be trained because of the programs that are being developed with the university system at the, and at the community college. So, I mean, those are huge. That's a huge asset that we have that we need for companies to know what we have available in the region. Local leadership gathering this week in Edinburgh and hoping to sell this, this area. The RGV is one region, one voice from the Rio Grande Valley partnership is CEO president Daniel Silva. Yeah, Dan, Tim Sullivan here. So we're, as we just mentioned, we're a unified MPO. What about an MSA? What will it take for the Valley to be deemed a single metropolitan statistical area? There are certain conditions that need to be met. Uh, how far away are we from meeting those conditions? Good morning, Tim. We're not as far away as we used to be. Um, you know, really the... The designation, some of the, the concerns of uh, having one MSA is, is that the rural communities may lose some of their funding. Um, but in true, um, the, the truth really is that with the way that our communities are growing, the way that our cities are growing, rural is becoming less of, uh, of a designation. Um, a lot of our cities are growing, uh, increasing beyond their popula that population threshold. Uh, it's proximity to large communities also is something that's uh, incorporated into that rural designation. So we're not as far off as, as we used to be. I mean, mm -hmm. having one MSA is something that we are starting to work at or to try to get that designation. So, um, yeah, I mean, can't tell you specifically how far we are because I know that there's a couple of different metrics that need to be met, yeah. but we're working towards it. Okay, so a lot of speeches yesterday promoting solidarity and unity, the need to overcome decades of, you know, the tendency to be territorial if the Valley is going to attract the kinds of companies needed to enrich the region and, and reduce this persistent poverty rate. Uh, the speeches are over. How do you now keep the momentum from yesterday's uh, seminal event? How do you keep that going now? Well, yesterday was kind of our big pep rally. Yesterday was our uh, call to action, bringing everybody together, awareness, and uh, in, in unified message. So next next steps are, you know, the partnership's going to roll up their sleeves. We're going to start um, formulating a strategic plan on on messaging. We're going to start incorporating or um, making sectors of um, of focus. So that way, you know, in our objective is to have quarterly events, not as big as yesterday's, but mm -hmm. to have quarterly gatherings 
where we can have uh, experts, we can have communities come together uh, of specific, for example, there'll be a transportation conference, there'll be uh, a workforce conference, there'll be a higher ed conference, and we'll bring in assets, we'll, we'll, we'll sit at the table, have discussions and, um, and formulate plans so that way we can focus on the, the marketing of and the, uh, and, and the active approach of you know, how do we make these, these areas stronger. So that's what's going to happen next. So it's really rolling up our sleeves and getting to work. Just keep and to keep the momentum going would yeah. be having these quarterly events, um, and and between the events, sending out messaging to all the cities. So that way, as we're promoting, as we're putting things on social media, as we're we're marketing in our own worlds, our own little spheres, <laughs> it's all a cohesive message. It all looks the same. Just to make sure you keep all the mayors, judge, county judges, uh, economic development managers, keep them talking. And I right? think we keep brought this, yes, sir. And I think we brought this up before, uh, Dan. The you said you have about thirty mayors, county judges, as well, all, all combined leadership that signed that along with the governor yesterday to sell this area as one. And this a uh, final minute I have with you. Does that mean that all these municipalities and maybe even the county will be forking over just a little bit? participating in helping to fatten up that marketing piggy bank at the RGV to sell us as one. Yes, and that's the next step. Um, you know, part of this was looking at a capital campaign to to do that, to, to make a, a piggy bank of funds for marketing purposes. Um, and we've already had some communities pledge, and we're hoping that, that we're able to get pledges throughout the region so that way you can help um, just, just make that stronger uh, put together better plans and, and be able to have reach further than what we yeah. currently can afford. But um, yeah, and and of the the thirty that were there, I mean, of the forty-seven total, thirty were uh, were there. But because of scheduling issues, we didn't have everybody. But we will be going around the communities um, and a having follow them up sign it. All right. Yes. Yeah. But because we have all forty-seven on board. Ten four. Thank you, Dan. Best of luck, Dan. Yes, sir. Congratulations, Daniel Silva. He's president of the Rio Grande Valley Partnership. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Well, we've been watching the water levels again fall at our watershed. Sunny Hinojosa, General Manager, Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number 2, our guest. He helps us look, look at those numbers. Okay, Sunny. So, what? We, we crossed the threshold. We're below 25%, right? Yes, we did. As of August 5th, we're at 24.84%. So just uh, about 840,000 acre feet of water and storage. That's the U.S. percentage in the Amistad Falcon Reservoir System. 
We're expecting to hear from municipality, the water entities down here. They're probably going to put some water restriction on pretty soon. But you know what's going on in agriculture. Anything interesting, any activity in, in agriculture that the levels and water restrictions might negatively affect? Well, you know, it, agriculture has been has been short on water for a couple of years now. Uh, we're we're through with our row crops. You know, cotton was the last uh, crop and is being harvested. Uh, what's left is sugarcane and 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 citrus. Hmm. Very and thirsty. And we're gearing up for uh, we're gearing up for our fall vegetable season. Uh, so, you know, we haven't missed a beat. You know, we go from one crop to another, from one season to another. Uh, we should be in a lull right now, and you know we've got rain forecast for next week. So let's let's hope that it materializes. Yeah, let's hope that little tropical low, if it does become that, sits over the lake for a while. Sunny Nahosa, General Manager, Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number Two. Sunny Tim Sullivan here. So when the water levels combined water levels fall below twenty five percent, does that does that require municipalities to engage in uh, some? Uh, to put into place their voluntary water restrictions or required water restrictions, I, I guess it would be. They, they would be mandated then, right? But are, are, are they forced to do that, or is it still voluntary among the municipalities to put in place the required uh, water restrictions for, for residents and businesses? Oh, good morning, Tim. You know, I believe that each municipality has their own trigger points. Uh, you know, some are at 25 and others are, are below that. Mm. Uh, so it, it's, it, each municipality has their own trigger. And from there, uh, you know, I, I, I can't speak for, for what their policies are. Okay. But I'm sure you would, uh, you would enjoy it if, if they all went along and, you know, put in, 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 into place the, uh, the mandatory water conservation measures. Oh, absolutely. The, the less water municipalities use, you know, the less water is needed to fill that reserve and more would be available for agriculture. As a result, absolutely. as a result of all the heat, Sonny, is the evaporation rate at peak right now? It probably should have been. I, I haven't paid much attention to those numbers. But, you know, last we just got our, our monthly report yesterday afternoon and, and for the, the Watermaster monthly report. And last month, you know, we had about 30,000 acre feet left over of what they call unallocated water. And uh, this month, we only had 1,800 acre feet. So that, that's an indication that we lost quite a bit of water, you know, due to evaporation. So, yes, it probably, hopefully, you know, the, the worst is over. You know, we're getting to a shorter days and hopefully mm -hmm. cooler and wetter temperatures. And uh, those cool fronts are able to cross the state of Texas and and hopefully bring a few showers in the fall. That, that would be nice to see. Let's review the situation with Mexico, the water treaty. They, Mexico, as far as delivery of water they get, the rain that they have, the, the rainwater they're holding in dams in Mexico, they are two full years behind on delivering water based on the treaty agreement, right? Yes, sir, that's correct. You know, and we're two months away from the, the third year anniversary of a five-year cycle. And, uh, you know, Mexico has just delivered just over one year's worth of water. Uh, they've delivered in, in, in two years, 10 months, 359,000 acre feet, and they should deliver 350,000 every year. 
So they're they're behind in their deliveries over 600,000 acre feet. And once again, I use the term delivery very loosely because Mexico does not intentionally release any water for us. What we get is what what falls below the lowermost reservoir. That's what we get. We get one third of those flows. So they're very very behind. Uh, we've been we've been having Mex- uh, meetings with you know with IBWC with some Mexican counterparts in Tamaulipas, and and we're in unison as, as to what we want because we if we get a third, you know Tamaulipas gets two thirds. So it, it appears that it's it's the state of Chihuahua that just refuses to let any of that water go. And we've heard that, that Conagua, the, the the National Water Commission in, in Mexico, uh-huh. is, <laughs> is willing to deliver water, but Chihuahua just won't let it go. I've always liked that name. Mexico call it, calls it Conagua, leaves us sin agua, without water, over here That's in correct. Texas. And we have decades of experience to know that any release... We're going to wait to the absolute last there minute. <laughs> Before they have to uh, release any water, they're, they're going to wait for any potential tropical storm, any, we'll anything, yeah. you know, before they and actually have to do always, it. That's always the mindset in Mexico. But, you know, the, the longer we wait, and, we, and, you know, we were around back in the late 90s and early 2000s when Mexico was once again gambling on some kind of tropical system <laughs> to bail them out, and, and it didn't. You know, we, we went through two cycles. We... Mexico accumulated a 1.4 million acre foot deficit, uh, a debt to the U.S. And they and never released it. It went through a never third cycle, it. which yeah, exactly, they, yeah. They never released it, so, despite the fact that we went down how low, Sonny? How low did we go down? 18, 19 percent, 17 percent? What was it? Nine, yeah, 19.06 percent. We man, everybody was sweating bullets around August here. Of 98. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. late uh, late 90s, early uh, 2000s. All right, Sonny. Uh, you know. Th- the longer that the longer that Mexico waits, uh, of course, the greater the deficit becomes, and the less water they have uh, to, to to meet the, the re- yeah. uh, treaty requirements. No, understood. But they have so, the water right now. You, you, I remember you gave us a figure some weeks back, and how much they water? They the water. They yeah. They they went up to you know almost three million acre feet of water in storage in those six tributaries, and 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 now since then they've used a little over a million of it. So the longer we wait, the the more they, the more chance they have to use that water, and the greater the the debt or the deficit becomes. And that provides them an advantage when it comes to their agriculture, to the expense of absolutely Texas agriculture, yes. Valley agriculture. And, and really, Sergio, they don't have the water anymore. You know, being that that they're in the rear six hundred thousand acre feet, and, and we get one third, that means they'd have to release one point eight million, and 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 that's what they have in storage one point eight. So they, they can't physically deliver the water anymore because yeah. we they're just waiting too long to do so. All right, Sonny. Let's hope, for the update. Let's hope and pray we do get some some nice tropical showers sometime next week. As we're going we, to have to. We're looking at the, um, all these weather conditions right now. Thank you, Sonny. Sonny Hinojosa, General Manager, Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number 2. Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No 
Only News Talk Station, News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. The Rio Grande Valley watershed now below 25%, and we're expecting cities to likely kick in automatic water restrictions, water rationing. Mark Vega is with McAllen Public Utility. Mark, welcome back to KURV. So now that we're at 24% in change, so what's the talk over at PUB as far as McAllen? Well, we're going to be discussing some uh, our stage two water restrictions here very soon, said here with the board. As you know, we dip below 25% um, combined, Amistad and Falcon. And so we uh, that is our stage two trigger, below 25%. Um, however, we are anticipating, I believe there's a system out in the Gulf that may put some water back in the watershed, and we hate to, to trigger stage two um, right below 25 and then have it go above 25. So we, we do want to make sure that when the residents do hear that we're on stage two, um, that it may be there for a little bit and not be fluctuating above and, and, and below. So. Yeah. Try to but avoid confusion. Right now. Okay, yeah, try to avoid right. some confusion. Right. Uh, explain to me, uh, if it does kick in, let's say, I don't know, we've seen it before, we get the tease of rain and then poof, it disappears. We're joking about that in the new studio. You, you watch early next week, poof, watch this thing disappear. That's just our luck. Okay, so let's say we don't get that rain and we keep, and again, we're at 25.8, uh, 24.8 right now. And that's a, like a two week lag. We're probably at 24 and still dropping. And uh, what is stage two? What what would happen at stage two if you guys put that stage in place? Stage two, that, that's a good question. Thank you. So stage two, uh, Sergio, there is no water rationing per se. There's no restrictions. Um, there is, we, we limit your watering days in the city to two watering days a week. However, within that time frame, uh, you're designated area wherever you reside or your commercial business uh, will be dictated that will have two specific days per week to, to water. Now, that's with an, with an automatic sprinkler system. If you hand water with a hose and nozzle, uh, you can hand water all you like. Uh, you just can't turn on a hose, leave it in the yard, and walk away. Um, you have to hand water. If you have an automatic sprinkler system, you're limited to two days of watering a week. And so that's from the times of uh, 10 in the evening to 6 in the morning. And so there's not really a water restriction. It's just uh, you're restricted to two days a week. That's yeah, all. watering your lawn. Okay. Mark right. Vega is with Public Utility in McAllen. Yeah, Mark, Tim Sullivan here. So would you say that your, as you discussed, potential movement to, to stage two uh, water conservation measures, would you say you're kind of in a wait-and-see mode just to see what this tropical thing in the Gulf ends up doing and kind of make your decision based on that? Well, no, not really. What we want to do is, like Sergio just said, we the latest report that came out was just under 25. If, in fact, obviously the, the, uh, the, the ground is dry and if the, if the agricultural water orders continue the way we think that they, that they will, 
then pro, you know we're anticipating the next update to come out and maybe it could be even 23%. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so we're really waiting on the next update really. If that hits 23%, uh, then we will be moving forward with restrictions very soon. That's that's just what our trigger is. 25 is our trigger, and mm-hmm. so we, we want to abide by that. Again, we're not in stage two. We're just talking about it because we crossed the threshold officially, right, with a two-week lag. Exactly. We're below 25% water storage at, at our watershed. We're probably closer to actual 24 and maybe lower than that because it just keeps dropping. We're hoping and praying we get some rain here pretty soon. So let's say that stage two, as, as we call it, it kicks in and you're limiting folks as to the um, number of times that they can water their lawn, things like that. Do you start patrols? Do you start finding people? Or how does that, how does that work? No. You know, you'd be surprised. Sergio, years ago, we used to have what's called a water cop. And this water cop, obviously, we had one. Uh, and we've got a large city. So the the amount of um, warnings were very, very few. We have a system in place where uh, the neighbors... Yes, I was going to say, she's muscles. The <laughs> Los dedos. Absolutely. They're the she's best muscles. monitors. They're the ones that call in all the time uh, telling on their neighbors. Okay. So you really don't need a, a water cop. Your neighbors will do just fine, and they do it just fine, believe me. Um, and so that's what we follow up on, and uh, and we, we educate our public. We really do. We, we want to educate and and, uh, and just warn. Yeah. We don't want to hand out fines or violations. And no one no of the neighbors don't talk to each other. They can't, they can't stand each other. Okay. Uh, and just, exactly. for, just for funsies, uh, what would be a stage – one or stage three, I don't know which direction we're moving uh, at. Uh, what would happen at a, at, a, yeah, well, at a stricter? As we move on, if we hit stage three, and, you know, that's probably, oh, gosh, 20%, which would maybe tie the historic lows. Yeah. Um, that's where you do start uh, levying some surcharges above a an average usage. So let's say 15,000 gallons a month is our threshold. If you're above that, then you pay a, a, a surcharge. Uh, things like that, okay. um, and we don't want to get there. And hopefully, we don't get there. Yeah, hopefully, we. But don't. one thing yeah. I do want to mention, Sergio, just quickly, is that the Mexican water debt deliveries—they're way behind, way behind. So they're supposed to deliver about three hundred fifty thousand acre feet per year. This is all—we're um, almost finished with year three, and they've delivered about one year's worth of water at the end of year three. So they're in arrears by a over 600,000 acre feet by about two years of water delivery. And that really impacts us. It impacts Falcon yeah. Reservoir. Um, it impacts our farmers. And and here we are in, in, in uh, restrict, you know, looking at the stage two. So I just want to make mention of that. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah, we have, a, as we had talked about this before earlier, we, there's, we have decades upon decades and decades of experience to know that that water ain't coming from Mexico. Uh, they, they're not going right. to deliver that. They never did before. Uh, they gamble on tropical systems. They won't now. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Our, uh, good neighbor, hermano, says all the pleasantries and smiles and handshakes and hugs. Yeah, hey, deliver the water, will you? Yeah, yeah, that ain't come. All right, Mark, thank you for the update, and let's thank hope and pray for all. some rain. Mark Vega with McAllen P.O.B.
Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710 KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. Dr. Mario Salinas is superintendent for Edinburgh Consolidated Independent School Districts. They're up and running in Edinburgh. Edinburgh, among, among many school districts that are now up and running, it's back to school time. Mario, welcome back to KURV. And as you open this year... I know you've got several projects that are in the works, new campuses, brick-and-mortar um, opportunities and openings sure. and all that. So give me an update on what you're looking forward to this year. Well, uh, Sergio, uh, finally, it's, it's, uh, we talked about it all last year with, with, your, with you um, and others. Our, our Korean technology facility is, is open. Uh, yes, uh, we had our first day there yesterday. Uh, uh, it uh, has a lot of op- uh, options for uh, uh, technical certifications, such as uh, electricians, uh, plumbers, uh, mechanics, etc., uh, beauticians, uh, all kinds of certifications that are that are uh, that are good for for uh, our our, stu- our students that, that are opt not to 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 go to college, mm-hmm. pursue college education. So we're excited about that. Um, we're installing equipment as as as, uh, as we speak. Hopefully, within a couple of weeks, we're fully uh, equipped and ready to go. Some of our labs are 100% ready, and other labs, the, the equipment is is uh, state of the art, and it, it's it's uh, takes it's gonna take a little bit of time. Sure. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we got the Collegiate High School going up, it's up and going, and it it, it appears to be ahead of schedule so hopefully we can get that facility open uh, january maybe february march at the latest and we're happy about that as well so we we uh, yesterday first day of school Sergio, and we've exceeded last year's uh first day by almost 300 students so we're we're happy uh, uh, parents uh, continue to send the children and trust us with their children they continue to send us their kids let me take it back to the career and technology campus that you mentioned, 100,000 square foot facility. I'm very familiar because of all the interviews that you and I were, were mm-hmm. blessed to conduct last mm-hmm. academic year. 100,000 square foot facility, career and technology. Mm-hmm. And with the economic boom that we have right now in South Texas, finally, you and I are rejoining at a time when we know LNG is setting up that massive node at Brownsville to export. Correct. And there will be... 5,000 jobs, you know, at least 5,000 jobs for constructing this thing. So I'm looking at mm-hmm. uh, electrician, plumbing, woodworking, construction, welding, welding um, right. you know, all that, all that stuff. Uh, can we tailor some of the uh, high school careers for these career and technology students to maybe, you know, mm-hmm. go into that path over the next three, four, five, six years that this thing will be built so our kids can take those jobs with, with these skills? We, we certainly can, you know, uh, these, these uh, students, we can, we can tailor their, the, you know, that, that port in Brownsville, it's, it's, uh, 
it's a gold mine for jobs for the for all of South Texas, not just the valley. And uh, we certainly want our our students to graduate from our schools with certifications in in welding or other types of skills that are going to be needed there at, at at that facility. We can certainly do it uh, through partnerships with with the Port of Brownsville. Dr. Mario Salinas, Superintendent for Edinburgh CISD, our guest. Dr. Salinas, uh, Tim Sullivan here. Talk security and safety for a moment. Uh, what changes have been made? What what upgrades, perhaps, have been made since last school year as, re- as a result of what the district may have learned over the last year? Well, the, the last year, we, we were we, uh, the new law uh, subjected all public schools in Texas to undergo uh, security audits. Uh, mandated by by the by the state by the state uh, by state laws, and so that's going to continue. They, they uh, auditors uh, unannounced uh, uh, come to our schools and then check for points of weakness where where uh, people can penetrate our schools and, and do harm to our children. So we we uh, that's going to continue. Um, all, all our campuses got audited last year. Some of them did well, some of them not so well, and mm. uh, we're gonna. And it, I'm talking. Edinburgh, but it's actually it's happening everywhere in every in every school district, private and charter and, and public, uh, uh, in Texas. So we're we're doing that. There's a new law. It doesn't really apply to Edinburgh, but there's a new law in the state of Texas that requires a law law enforcement presence at all schools. And all it schools. doesn't apply for Edinburgh because in our previous conversations, you have a, a full police force. Or you are or already have multiple cops at all these. Campus. You even have a SWAT yes, team. I was, I was telling this to a family member. You even have a SWAT team at, at Edinburgh. We do. We have police on all campuses. Uh, one at the elementary level, uh, two, uh, four, four at the middle school, and and eight at the high school. So we we comply. We've been complying with that for many years, but many school districts are struggling with that because uh, the 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 state mandated that presence, law enforcement presence, and they gave each school district. $15,000 per campus for that purpose. So that, as, as Sergio, you and I know that you can't buy a police. You no. can't afford a police officer for $15,000 a year. So you so, have some smaller but, districts around the region that uh, are in, they don't have enough finances to uh, to do what the state is requiring. And not at this time. Uh, not at this time. They don't have the finances, uh, but they, they have to make it happen. Uh, they have to make it happen. It's, it's the law. Uh, there's few exceptions. So, Thankfully, uh, Edinburgh and probably some of the bigger districts in the Valley are way ahead of that uh, mandate. But the state audits continue, and we continue to fortify our campuses uh, through fencing, electronic gates, uh, secure entrances, cameras, etc. Metal detectors? Uh, we, we, may, we may do a trial run, uh, perhaps beginning at, at, at uh, athletic events to see how that works for us, and, and, uh, but it's something that... that we certainly can look into it. Some districts are doing it. Uh, we're not there yet. We got that. Career, um, Dr. Mario Salinas, superintendent for Edinburgh mm-hmm. Schools, are up and running among the districts that are back to school already, full throttle. So you mentioned career and technology. We got the collegiate high school that uh, you're building right now. Any other talk mm-hmm. at the school district of more brick and mortar, uh, maybe another school? Because I know Edinburgh is growing by leaps and bounds. We're, we're growing. We, we are growing. Uh, Sergio, we, we grew by. 1,200 students last year. Uh, we anticipate to grow, probably not a thousand, but we anticipate to get close to 35,000 students this year. It appears that that we're well underway to that. Uh, the, the board has been discussing uh, uh, 
facility needs, and we haven't put that to the pencil and paper, but we have discussed that many times uh, because our growth is, we did some rezoning last year to try to alleviate some of that, uh, and but the board is talking about uh, the addition of schools uh, down the road, yes. All right, Dr. Mario, appreciate your time, and best of luck this academic year. That's Dr. Mario Salinas with Edinburgh Schools. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURV. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Status report Harlingen, but we got our city manager, Gabriel Gonzalez, joining us. Hey, congrats, first of all. I got Harlingen EDC on my congrats on the acquisition, your new leadership over at Harlingen EDC. Just want to start there. Oh, absolutely. We just hired Orlando Campos from Addison, Texas. He is a great addition to our team. Uh, he's actually from Brazil, mm-hmm. and he actually worked for for us in Hartford Valley International Airport before for a couple of years. So we're happy to have him on board. Ten four. Let's look at some of the data you're reviewing over at City Hall. The sales in the area. How are we doing on sales? Up or down in Harlingen? Uh, no, they're up. For the year, we're up about 3.72%. That's uh, almost $900,000 over last year in retail sales. And for June, we're up about 5%. So we're doing really well. Construction in the area, game. How you doing? Is it more homes or is it commercial construction? What are the numbers? Well, it, it's a little of both, actually. Uh, and, and actually, I shouldn't say a little. It's a lot of both. When the mayor had her State of the City address, we, she announced that we were at $124 million in building permits. That was the highest level uh, in the past 12 years that we had annually. As of July, we went from 124 to $141 million. That's an all-time high. These are unprecedented levels for building permits for the city of Huntington. Hmm. So we are doing really, really well. What's driving all that, Gabe? Well, a couple of things. You know, I've always heard that Huntington is a hard place to, to build, to construct, right? So... What we did was we had a meeting with the developers, uh, the contractors, and, and had a one-to-one with them. said, okay, what is it that you would like for us to do differently? And so we took that to heart, made some changes to the uh, subdivision process, the developer's guide, and ever since then, building has just taken off in Harnigan. Uh, we've got lots of commercial activity, lots of residential, lots of residential okay. going up, which is good because rooftops tend to drive retail. And so the more rooftops you get, the better off you are for attracting other uh, retail avenues in the, in the city. Our city manager for Harlingen, Gabriel Gonzalez, economic update for the city. Congratulations on that acquisition over at the mall. That What is it, the Murdoch Ranch Home Supply? What, what is that big company headed this way? Well, we we are working on a, on a retailer at the mall. They, they haven't announced it yet officially, so... Uh, we can't really say what what uh, what's happening there, but uh, we're looking forward to making an announcement soon. Uh, they're still working out some of the details uh, in the leasing, so uh, 
uh, hopefully within the next maybe couple of weeks we'll be able to make an announcement. <laughs> Sorry for jumping. Somebody was talking about it the other day. We we had it as a headline. I, uh, that, I thought that was a done deal. All right. But the most... <laughs> yeah, our city manager for Harlingen, Gabriel Gonzalez, joining us. Yeah, Mr. Gonzalez, Tim Sullivan here. The city, uh, the EDC there, is, you've been working to develop, I believe, a second industrial park for some time, and now you've got a, a big federal grant to, to spark that development. Where is this industrial park, and what do you hope to attract there? Uh, well, the, the park is actually off the expressway, so it's actually a really great location because it has accessibility to the interstate. It, the grant was for uh, about $1.7 million, and it's to actually, uh, we had a, a retailer, no, I'm sorry, uh, a manufacturer in town that had run out of space, and so they were looking to relocate. So this will actually spark that development. Um, it'll be for, and it's just not going to be your regular industrial park. It's going to have trails. Uh, it's going to have amenities. Uh, so it's going to be more than just an industrial park. It's going to be uh, an asset to the city. So we're looking forward to getting that under construction soon. With the arrival of liquefied natural gas, the export facility in Brownsville, aerospace, everything taking place at the coast, are we seeing any runoff, phone calls, coming into Harlingen to take advantage of some of the space at the airport or industrial parks or maybe complement some of what's taking place just a few miles down the road? If there are some activity, it might be with the uh, with the port, the port of Harlingen. Uh, we haven't seen anything just yet, but it's a little early. Uh, generally, you start to see those whenever they start construction. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think once they're starting construction in Brazil, we might see some activity in Harlingen that might be related to that. I think right now Harlingen is the place to be. We've got lots of construction activity, lots of retail. Uh, you can't say that Harlingen is a hard place to do business anymore and construct. Come on down to Harlingen. Thank you, Gabe. Hey, Gabe Gonzalez, Gabriel Gonzalez, our city manager for Harlingen. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710K URV. Discover our Facebook page, 710K URV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is Sergio at KURV.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.